Well, this is a very special edition of the Musicians Insider from Ottawa, Canada, here at the studio, uh, the home studio of none other than Andrew LaMarche. Andrew uh, and I played in a band called Thermocline back in 2000, and uh, that lasted for a couple of years, and uh, that was kind of my first forage into professional music with real musicians, and he was definitely experienced and taught me a lot. Now I've been in LA, I'm back in Ottawa visiting my friends, and uh, I wanted to catch up with Mr. LaMarche and find out what's been new, and seeing this home studio shows me you've been up to a heck of a lot. <laughs> so I guess the first question I'm going to ask you is, what band are you playing with currently or which bands are you playing with currently and when was your last show before the pandemic oh god yeah like the whole pandemic thing i, I keep trying to remember when the last show was it was probably in uh, march of, of 2020 and then uh me and the family we went on vacation to mexico just as everything was happening and then we were supposed to come home for a few days. And then I was supposed to go to Honduras with David Gogo in the band and do a week of dates. So while we were in Mexico in March, it all got uh, deferred to another year, which was supposed to be this past year, which is now going to be next year. Um, but uh, so, yeah, last time I played a real live gig in front of an audience was probably March 2020. Since there, then done about two live stream shows with rainwater whiskey which is the country band i play with we do a lot of stuff and uh, uh playing we're playing with now still play with robert farrell band oh wow that's a long time uh rainwater whiskey david gogo um sessions from here all the time just recording tracks for people and in ottawa what's the the rehearsal complex around here is there one anymore we used to all go to the park but oh yeah it... um there are is there luckily. a scene Luckily, I haven't had to go anywhere except for here to rehearse with anyone. A lot of the gigs I've done are no rehearsal gigs either. So it's, you know, prepping in advance. Charts. Yeah, Char I chart everything. Randy Cook would be proud. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so um, uh, that's really cool. I guess, so, you know, thinking about that, um, going back, so we played together 20 years ago now. This was June 4th, was the 20, 20th anniversary of the release of the three-song uh, CD from Thermocline. Was it? Yeah, because we had that party at Nescalero's that yeah. you couldn't come to for some reason. Yeah. And we were waiting for you to show up and then we just played the song at midnight or something. And we, well, like... I think I was in the UK, right, with Artificial Joy Club. Yeah. But I did I make it to that party? I, that I have no idea. I think I, no. think I did later. I, I can't uh, remember. You're like the guest of honor. <laughs> oh, yeah, great. Make me the guest of honor. Well, at the time, at the time, you know, I'd been in a few bands, but nothing real. The The drummer, of artificial joy club signed to interscope records is big big guys coming in we're playing like they used to say to me graham and, and jason who jason r.i.p but J jason and graham were our friends and our band members then and graham would say to me and jason too would say artificial joy club five thousand dollars practice like that was their thing to like make you practice like we spent this money on those guys wait you didn't pay me that much well we were spending five grand on the studio okay on, on distortion at the time yeah 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 you know because i remember that because i and i i forget how jay Rustin probably told you about the gig it, possibly yeah like i forget how we connected and he definitely said we need to get andrew like yeah. it, was, it was him for sure because yeah. i think he like wanted you on it than anyone else yeah. i just recently listened back to the negative one album that we did the thermocline negative one album trippy it's good it's yeah like it sounds good and that was that was all jay rustin too on that producing and mixing and, and everything and it's a really good sounding record 
I was, I'm, I'm sad that that project is over, but I'm probably going to play a few songs live in my show. Oh, thinking, yeah. thinking of a couple. I mean, it's funny because the single vacant lot, like I still don't really know what that's about. <laughs> uh, Do you remember in the studio when we wrote that song, like Graham asked me what the title was and I just said vacant lot because I came up the riff, but I had no idea what it was about. And he wrote all the lyrics about something completely different. Like vacant lot has nowhere in the song. Yeah, I and I, I still I don't I, recall. I thought he did a great job. It just at the same time, it's hard to reproduce. Like I can't karaoke that song if I tried. Right. Yeah. There was. I mean, and thinking back at the time, I mean, I remember whatever guitar effects unit you were using then, and then I was, I think whatever Roland Octopad I had at the time, probably just like the SPD thirty or something. You had the Octopad because you were doing the intro right. on that six MIDI drums pads you had. Or yeah, eight. and, I, and eight those pads. those were all stock sounds in the Roland, and I think we just would mess around with stuff. And then that's where stuff started from. I love that you know? sound. I love the Octopad intro. That was really fun. I remember like when we, you did that and like when we played that Edwin gig, I wish you would have been there. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, we go out, we played Sonic Blonde first. I remember turning my guitar up backstage. There's 5,000 people there. Now, normally we would go on early, but there was a delay. There was a screw up. They had oh, to cancel yeah. Philip Says. He didn't get to play after sound checking. We go on right before Edwin and it's nine o'clock, almost dark. I think it was like 830 turn my guitar up backstage and they just all started screaming i was like the craziest thing ever and it was kind of good for us members without you because you were like that already done that none of us had ever had a crowd like that mm -hmm. so it's kind of good for us three and we had butch playing drums on it and yeah rogers filmed it and the audio got so messed up by rogers like i have a video cassette that they gave to me and the audio it sounds like someone like like cross pan things unplug things yeah. plug it during this whole set it's awful <laughs> but the second song in the bass lamp went out and we had to play barfly acoustic until we figured out something and then we played the rest of the song so it was kind of like oh it was a nightmare things go wrong i actually do you remember there was one of the later gigs we did we it was i think in ottawa and we were opening for somebody and wide mode shared Mason? drum kit. No, it wasn't the wide mode Mason. I got a gigs. car accident on the way to that one. <laughs> All the stories now. I know, I'm just thinking about um, but who whatever band it was, I went through the bass drum head. Their bass drum head. Yes. It was shared drum kit. We were opening and the headliners kit. I think we were like two or three songs in, and I went right through the bass drum head. I remember that, but I was like so in guitar land that I was just like, I gotta keep this going. I don't remember like what what it was though. Was it at Barrymore's? Uh, I don't recall. Man. Might have been at like Zaphod's 2 or something. Remember when Z which was down? Oh, so that was Ian Block. Playing with Ian. Opening for the blues guy. The opening oh, yeah. Was that? Yeah, Ian Moore, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. That's got to be it. I remember that. And then I think like that same week, um, Kitty and Disturbed, and one of those other bands with that lineup, I forget who it was, was, was playing at Zaphod's 2. It's like the craziest bands at Zaphod's 2. Yeah, yeah. And I remember I, I met the singer Morgan and I, she gave me a guitar pick for doing this. I took her into Barrymore's and said, you need to know this is where you should have played. <laughs> took her to the room. She saw the room and said, what the fuck? Oh, I'm like, wow. that was, sorry, Eugene, but that was what that was going on. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there was a lot of stuff like that, like so back funny. in the time too. I mean, and it's amazing to think that it's that long ago now. <sighs> Well, for me, I've been saying this to my friends, like now finally technology's here where I can do what I wanted to do. Like I didn't trust mm -hmm. what we were doing unless I had Andrew Lamar's running an ADAT. I didn't mm -hmm. trust, but 
what, what was going to come on through the speakers. Yeah. So now I run it and I use a MIDI fighter yeah. to hit play. Yeah. And the drummer, he gets a click. He's not yeah. hitting play. And and thinking about the technology change, because yeah, we we had tracks for some songs. And we I were ahead of the curve. At first, yeah, I started with, you know, I before I started playing with you guys, but like using DAT tapes live, then using ADATs live. And the VCR live, because the video yeah. syncs up to the audio yeah. track. You told me all about and that. And then doing, I remember when I got a DR4, the hard disk machine. That's and then the DR8. Used. Yeah, that's what we used. And then now just all the stuff that you can do, yeah, with Ableton and... Well, and with with the negative one sessions, remember we had to simply connect the DR4 to the 24 track two-inch tape. And Jay did that. And then when he was rewinding it, I'm like, I like that sound. And I made him sample it. And we put it in Superstar. Like the... Oh, is that what that is? Yeah. Oh, see, oh you were in the room that. probably hitting the drums, not hearing no, probably. I miss everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh man it's been some time but you know I've, i haven't still haven't had some i still haven't had the opportunity to get into a real tour you know i've just been waiting for that to happen we've really only done those 401 tours you know in canada yeah, yeah. i mean i spent the last 10 years in la just developing a sound but let's talk about you more so we see each other at nam uh, every once in a while uh, tell me a little bit about what what you've discovered at nam that i maybe not have heard about or about our listeners and my viewers might actually want to hear about anything cool that you found at nam like i know you're a gear guy and you've got all these crazy um, stories i'm just thinking something that nam wise I, I don't know i mean i i like my brands like i've been with pearl drums since 2001 and and sabian symbols as long as i can remember the hand 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 hammered ones these are all hand hammered here. <laughs> see that's the thing <laughs> hand hammered and uh I, you know, it's just, it's, yeah, walking around Nam, seeing all this stuff. I don't even know anymore. It's just, there's so much stuff. I, it, the, you know, because I think once you find what you use, you stick with it. You know, technology wise, I mean, I, I use all Persona stuff that I've been using for the last couple of years. And then, yeah, I use Ableton when I'm doing tracks and backing tracks and things like that um is there like a phil collins drum solo album coming out soon no no that'll never happen for me like i'm i'm so not creative straight for well on certain days but it's just so straightforward like i just like the song and it's not really about you me at all yeah. in any way i like that well um do you play instruments aside from drums like what are your melody no. like life like no is there any... i wish i played guitar i really do Interesting. I'm envious of guitar players. I wish I played guitar. I want the one thing I wish I could do is sing. I can't sing to save my life. Well, you know, a lot of people don't know that. So at least you do. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, I've questioned my vocals. Like when I was in Thermocline, I was a guitar player, backup singer, and like yeah. I always nailed my vocals, but I wasn't singing 15 parts. I was singing three parts. Like, you know, it was like yeah. easy. So yeah. you come in and nail them. But you know what? I took that to heart. And I've taken vocal training from a lot of places and nice. really rehearsed. And yeah. in my Ableton session, I actually programmed in a vocal warm up that me and the you know other people in my band right now are singing at oh, the people we go on. Yeah, I, I mean that's again like how things change. And um, I mean, growing up, I remember recording songs off the radio with a cassette deck, and then right? when you got the dual cassette deck, and you could bounce stuff, and it's just and you wouldn't really think about degradation you'd no. just be like copy it oh copy yeah. it. it's not a copy it's a lower lesser copy yeah. every time you do it and but recording off the radio you know to start with right <laughs> yeah just... and I, I mean that was how we learned stuff 
And then I mean, I'm, I'm older than you, but I mean, that's, I, I remember that it would just be like, you'd... but I was an early technical kid. Like I was writing programs on the Atari 400 mm-hmm. in 1982. Oh, wow. Like oh, typing wow. them in from a book, saving them and then editing them to like, so I could play the car game and have more lives. But I was doing <laughs> that in 83, maybe 82, like wow, maybe 84. I mean, I, I can't remember, but it was like before I was eight. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, you know, I nerdy, mean, a little nerdy. Well, that's okay. Yeah, I mean, it's good to have the technology side of this stuff down, but I, I'll tell you, like, the amount of time I spent on I spend on YouTube trying to figure stuff out every once in a while, uh, just mostly with video editing, I think, and and that's the thing these days is you can do everything yourself. So it's like, okay, I kind of know how to record. Do I know how to mix? Not really, but I get by. And I absolutely, one hundred percent, don't mix any of my own stuff ever because yeah. I'm not mixing for other people all the time. Yeah. Therefore, I know that it's going to suck, and I'm not going to even try. And I've had the problem where. It's too bad. I've been in some bands like where I had a really amazing band member who basically wrote all the songs and produced it all and mixed it all. Mm-hmm. But I was like, can we use one of our insert friends names here to yeah. mix for it? And it was like, no, I need to do it. And then afterwards, it's like, why didn't we let that guy do it? Because now he's working with blah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. thanks. I mean, that's that's what happens. I mean, and I like doing stuff myself just to figure it out. It doesn't mean I want to do it for anyone else. <laughs> what are you into like musically lately uh okay well let me say this is that i've spent so much time over the years learning songs on a week-to-week basis for gigs i was doing or sitting in for or just you know doing tracks for people where i'm charting out songs is that the only time i was really listening to music was when i was driving and um lately i've you know i got sirius xm i have spotify i have apple music all that stuff so i kind of dig and this i i'm i don't know (laughs) but man that i i love when i'm at home doing stuff is putting the yacht rock channel on on and sirius xm what are some of the songs i like just all songs you've heard before um there's always like some michael mcdonald's and some toto and and some it's kind of like if you're partying on a 70s boat, what you want to hear <laughs> groovy stuff like i just i dig it um i'm just glad you didn't say like something like weird like taylor swift and that was it although you do like her i know it's okay i don't know i don't even know if i ever listened to a full album all right so move on from that but yeah yacht rock i love it yeah and <laughs> so i don't know why it just it just happened one day and I just always keep listening. I just pop on the yacht rock when we're hanging out. And um I, you know, I I I put it when I'm driving, I'll put on like, you know, the new rock Spotify playlist every week, see what's going on. But definitely I prefer the heavier side of music, even though no band I've ever played in is heavy. I thought Superstar was kind of heavy when we did that. Yeah. I mean that that. It just it was so wimpy though in the end, like in a weird way. It was superstar has like the potential to be yeah, heavy. I, I remember, yeah, grooving that one. It had some good grooves on it and stuff. So yeah. I still want to do the middle of Adrenaline's Dead. Yeah, it's been a while since I listened to that whole album, but yeah, I mean I remember I know when I listened back when I did just hear bits of it a little while ago, I was like I re- I've recorded on a lot of stuff that I've never even heard, but then you know, recording and stuff from that long ago, I've forgotten. But when I listen back, it's just I I'm 
surprise myself sometimes with some of the stuff I played. And also how much you remember. Like it tra- like it brings you back in the room. Like this is yeah. like yeah. even sitting here with you, like I remember like it just feels like yesterday. Kind of yeah. it's like crazy. Remember we used to rehearse in your basement. Yeah. I had the basement and I was yeah. like trying to do this, but it was way tighter and it was definitely, you know, we had a neighbor, you yeah, know, and there was like right. other yeah, issues yeah. with that. And um yeah. now it's 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 come full circle, you know. Yeah. So when it's interestingly, so I have a song, I think you played drums on that Star Above Me. That was a while ago, right? 1999. I think it's in my iTunes library. No, what happened? I saw I saw Andy at Steve's music downtown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, Hey, how you doing? And then like, remember that song? He's like, Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, nice. So he played on it. So we redid it. Oh, did you? On the record. Oh, cool. Yeah. And it's called The Stars Above Your Eyes. Yeah. Um but when I wrote that, like the lyrics were like, I'm going to sell your story into glory and right away, away. Sometimes you will say your story or someday you will say your story dazedly. Mm-hmm. That was kind of like, I was kind of writing it to some of the, like the, some of the band members who we were thermal client at the time, mm-hmm. like in a way, cause I was kind of butting heads with Jay a bit. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of frustrating me at the time. And I just needed to do a song without him telling me to do and without waiting for Graham to sing it or write it. Right. But Graham wasn't involved. He had no reason to be involved in that song because it was like a song I had written, right? Yeah. So, and then eventually we did that song with Steve singing it. Okay, yeah. So that was kind of yeah. weird, right? Yeah. After Graham left. So yeah. when I came to Ottawa on Friday, I drove up um, and I didn't tell anyone I was coming here because when I post this, I'll already be back home that way. No one like, you know, breaks into my house and takes all my TVs. <laughs> but um, point being is... Uh, when I drove by here, I drove by Green Bank and I looked to, I'm like, oh, wow, this is the spot. And I'm listening to, like, I had the album on because we were practicing. We were going to do a, a mm-hmm. jam. It was right at a star above me during the, I'm going to write your, it was right during those lyrics. When I drove by that area, and I looked over, I saw Jason's building. Right. And I saw yes, it and yes, I just kind of yes. like, wow, it kind of hit me really. Yeah, for a second. yeah. I, uh, every time I drive out there, yeah, I, same thing. Memories come back. And so fucked like up, man. All right. We had a bass player who committed suicide in 2001. We did two, um, what do you call it benefit concerts annually for it and we raised a bunch of money for suicide prevention but it was uh it was pretty tragic and painful and devastating like it was the end of that band um eventually but um our singer had left the band three weeks earlier mm-hmm. um but i mean i'm not here to talk about it but jason young was a great friend a great guy and i just uh it's too bad he cut life short 30 and we don't really I want to talk about, you know, good things in life. And I, I'm very, very about, you know, if someone has, has a depressed thoughts, you know, you want to make sure we you get them to call a suicide hotline. I'll make sure I put a number up here. I think it's really important to look out if you see well, warning signs in your friends and things like that. But um, I, I also felt like I wrote another song called Divine Episode about that. Okay. <laughs> and you haven't heard that because no. me and my buddy Gab from my hometown played drums on that. Um, we did that in Smith's Falls with Tim Greencorn. Oh, yeah. Okay. And that was more of a therapy thing cool. for me. It was so weird. Uh, I'll let you hear that sometime. I'm not sure if I'm going to release it. I just, it was more about getting it done. I originally took that song and then redid it and called it Six Girls Ago over mm-hmm. Beautiful Prozac Child. Oh, okay. Wow. Which you'll nice. recognize. It. I think you yeah. might, you might, I might have made you hear it one year. So it's a lot of weird shit that I had to just get out. Like any, I, I did a cover of Satriani's summer song oh, nice. on my oh, album cool. and I negotiated with their attorneys to do a three-quarter mechanical royalty licensing rate and i was just talking to jack about this today like what was the point of that well it cost me about two three thousand dollars to make it so that when i pressed a thousand cds it cost me 200 bucks instead of 300 bucks <laughs> yeah oh. but um i was learning the stuff you know i thought that was really neat 
so there we are but um i appreciated your quest for gear all along like, it's like when we were trying to figure things out there was a point where after thermal climb was kind of ending or whatever and then i got laid off in nortel mm-hmm. i was playing with my friend jack in the cover band we right. were playing at casino de la Clame, and we we're just doing covers and mm-hmm. getting paid for it and that was really fun but um just to like suddenly learn covers and be in the and play music for money i've never done that before <laughs> yeah yeah i i mean i i dig doing cover games i i don't mind at all i i never had the time really yeah you know and i totally you have a real that. nortel type job right yeah, yeah. um but I, i'm lucky i managed to keep the ability to work remotely the pandemic's given me the ability to come home and start and do things yeah which is great have you so what has the pandemic allowed you to do that you wouldn't have been able to do i don't even know it's everything just every day is a blur like doing stuff not doing stuff i there's always things to do uh, i'm always learning i'm always figuring stuff out i i think that's my downfall is i get too curious about how things work and 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 things like that and look at new gear and yeah you know well i mean one thing I think I've learned is hire the right people when it's necessary. Like I love my sound guy. Shout out to AJ. Thank you so much for all your help. Yeah, like, AJ. I don't know. <laughs> and you want to though. It's like a Matt Lamarche, okay. another Matt Lamarche, and you know him. Well. Who's my brother? Shout out to Matt. Miss you, Matt. So the thing is, is like when you have people that can just solve problems, like existential, existential problems about yeah. your gear. <laughs> you know, and and having that network of people that knows about stuff is so helpful. Well. I wouldn't have bought an Apollo if I didn't have someone who explained it to me and mm-hmm. it's like, you need this, you need that. And now that I'm like, we solved the problem that like, normally like I had a rehearsal yesterday and it would have been a nightmare for us to figure out on our own, but I had someone who was able to go oh, do this, do this, do this. And like literally yeah. from the car, I wrote down the instructions on yeah. the phone that he said, got to the studio, set it all up and it, it sounds perfect. Yeah. That's amazing. I'm like, how the hell? So just using the right people, doing the stems properly, making sure mm-hmm. your like stuff is mixed down. And for the NFT stuff, if you're doing projects with people, make sure you start to get more stems so that you can include them. Like, say you have an, like a release of an album and you're part of some group yeah. or you're doing something, you want to yeah. make sure that there's some sort of NFT that goes out with it that includes like, you know, certain mixes and extra stuff and like different takes, you know, like it's almost like oh, an album okay. now. It's yeah, you DVD have to explain, you have to explain all that. Well, I don't know it. I've been just talking about it on the podcast. Yeah. I've had a couple people on and one of the resources that my friend Catfish Comstock, shout out, he's got a new record coming out. Make sure oh, you do cool. the pre-save everyone. But yeah, he's got, um, he's saying go to nfts.tips mm-hmm. on Clubhouse. Okay. Let's listen to that. You have Clubhouse invite? Sure. <laughs> So Clubhouse is an app on the the iPhone that a lot of people are using. Twitter has Twitter rooms now. Okay, yeah. It's very similar to that. And uh, I can send you an invite. I have like two left. Once you get an invite, I think you get a couple every few weeks. Oh, okay, okay. But it's basically you can go in and listen and you can put your hand up if you want to talk, but you you won't be able to speak for the first little bit. Kind of like, Mm -hmm. you know, people come in, whatever. Mm -hmm. But it's a very cool way to discuss things. But nfts.tips is a place to go to learn about NFTs. And I need to go there too, because we have a... Hopefully you can put some stuff out and some merch and some new stuff soon. So yeah, let's see here. Cool. Um, thinking about education and music, I know like, so what have you been doing to further your drum education? Like, I know like. <laughs> no, it makes sense. I, uh, I don't know how many years ago now, a few years back, I did a Berkeley online drums specialist certificate. So that was like four courses, had some great teachers like Rod Morgenstein, 
and uh, you are on Israel, Jim Payne. And so can you just, for my listeners and for me, tell me where they're known from or what they're Well, drivers? Rob Morgenstein, uh, like Dixie Drags, Steve Morris, Winger. And Steve Morris is an Ernie Ball artist. Uh, shout out to Ernie Ball, my, my favorite guitar company, aside from the uh, Canadian Godin guitars for acoustics or my, my Canadian friends and for strings, you yeah. know? Yeah, there you go. Ernie Ball for strings. But Steve yeah. Morris was, was yeah. one of those guys. I and, see, I uh, last name. Yeah, and your in Israel is uh, one of the Berkeley instructors and uh jim Payne, which i have his book over there the funk drumming book that <laughs> I get up and I'm not this, is a, this is a really old book. Oh, i just took all your oh it's okay secret stuff the funk so yeah. who's this it's jim the funk drumming book yeah that's a great great uh book he has a bunch of books so doing that so i mean just things like that like i've, I've got stacks of drum books unfortunately don't practice as much as i would like to um so what would you practice if you had the time i i go through that i'll i'll open one of my drum books up and just start hacking away at stuff and i mean that's i have an electronic kit that you can't see from this angle but i'll just come down and and hit them you know and and read through some stuff and play along with stuff well you sometimes like put Ozzy on and play along to like no more tears or crazy train or fun stuff like that. You know or... what? I always, I did that when I was, you know, 13, 14. Have you done it lately? It's probably going to be fun. I, I play. Might need to do that. I do play along with songs that I'm learning. Um, but yeah, when I'm listening, have serious on or, you know, the radio on and you hear an old song like that, like Ozzy, no more tears or something. It's like, Oh yeah, I should, I should go jam with that. And I never do it. I, I, want I implore you to do that one of these days and throw it up on your channel. You get more hits than you yeah. do. Oh, yeah. You, you want to get more hits on your website as the SEO yeah. guy? Get those fun songs on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? And it's, it's, uh, um, what's your website? Andrew Lamarsh. What is it? AndrewLamarsh.com. AndrewLamarsh.com right there. Yeah. There you go. Are you going to put it across the screen? Uh, I'll put, put it there as well. Oh, wait, there. We'll put it there. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, uh, Every once in a while, I will just, you know, listen to some tunes and play away like songs I've never heard. Like just put it on some serious XM channel, stream it through my headphones and play along. So what I'm kind of doing, because I have probably a couple of records still to write, is thinking about maybe that song still works somewhere. That's where I'm still at. I'm still digging for songs that I've yeah. done. Like I'm going to pulse. You're going to make some money someday because I'm going to pull a thermal client song that has your writing on it. I'm going to be like, this is going to be used for this album and you get writing if it works. And you'll be like, I hope you sell a million records. Good. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I hope everyone I ever worked with sells a million or more records. But that's one thing too, I like to do. So do you have any advice for, for new artists? Because I'm especially drummers or people that haven't tried drumming and may want to drum. Well, um, I what I know from what I've found out is you can learn pretty much anything these days for next to nothing just youtube youtube people on youtube and and all that stuff i i do pay for a a couple courses here and there that i'll do that i no sorry that i intend to do that i never get to and i mean that's just it's life nowadays you know with with everything with the home life and running around and you need groceries and you need this and you need that like it just what about automatic 
ordering your fridge orders your groceries for you more time to well that's what i'm waiting for i'm all about the online ordering stuff and you got to talk to scobalizer he was my first guest yeah yeah watch that podcast okay he's, he's up your alley of automation uh no privacy anymore no, um not at all. like the sensors in your car use ai to see where your mouth is so it knows where to put the audio so it can right. pull it from well if you have a good car those are the teslas yeah. yeah i like my car though but we won't be here talking about cars no i'm I waiting to get stamina cars. number two i know nothing about cars just so you know <laughs> what are you driving a nissan xterra 2014 <laughs> i totally dig that truck that's my second xterra they don't make them anymore but yeah it's it's the same thing as technology goes it's like now my 2014 that had like the touch screen and it is so out of date and that's funny it's an old touch screen it's it like is so yeah bad. like so there's, there's no apple carplay it's just like a touch screen and but but the electric ford f-150 <laughs> oh well you know as long as you can move gear if i ever need to the lightning that's, that's what i need until it runs out of battery power <laughs> i don't know that's I, I don't know if anyone's ever talked about this but i think about that in terms of traveling to gigs when we're all in electric vehicles and i mean touring canada for example where some of your drives are 12 hours that's why you don't buy more. the vehicles you lease them and they just yeah. send you a new one if there's a problem no but i'm, I'm talking about like um how does electric that? only how do you do a 12-hour drive like how long do electric vehicles last about four hours charge? so if you have a 12-hour drive to get to a gig you got to stop and charge and eat and sleep right yeah do you no really has, drive no hours? one has time for that like drive go right i don't know there. well i think the idea is to have it when you drive along the road it charges your vehicle right that is true yeah see I that's what i like that. to think but i don't see it happening. see i really know nothing about this stuff and the real hoverboards are just drones you stand on <laughs> right uh flying yeah, car the, the flying car i think larry page or someone from google invented the flying first flying car it's just a giant drone that they're driving oh okay yeah, think about yeah. it like yeah drones are pretty oh, rad see now this this makes me feel so like so much like a dinosaur because of all the stuff i don't know or can't keep up with i should have brought you a hoverboard i used to work at the swagtron for a bit the yeah electric hoverboard agency people oh man electric skateboards a lot of fun i would go <laughs> to skate parks and bring all their gear and then like next thing you know like or so like when there's pros and stuff you go there and mm -hmm. like they all want to try it oh and wow. now there's yeah. instagramming themselves on your on your stuff and thousands of people well, are seeing it that, that i missed out on that skateboarding era but it sounds super cool skateboarding was i broke my arm twice this year <laughs> this year yeah yeah and uh i will not be skateboarding for at least a year and when i am i'm gonna be very careful because i'd rather play guitar than skateboard but <laughs> i just what happened the second time was i wasn't able to take weight on it yet i thought i could mm -hmm. kind of like right now if i fall on it it could break because i just healed it but we won't be worried about that because we'll be careful but we run skateboard camp at burning man oh wow, for last cool. since neat. well i don't run it i'm part of the team that runs it when i can i yeah. love the people they all work really hard when i'm injured i can't do as much but in general the guys work hard they do great stuff i think there's gonna be an awesome crew there this year but since it's not officially happening i don't want to be part of the bring your own porta party party <laughs> i'm <laughs> yeah, sure they'll have an amazing like no time fun. i'm just in canada not going but um that was what i was going to bring up was that was where i kind of got into edm okay was that scene yeah going to festivals around actually i went to coachella which is not burning man not like burning man but i went to coachella in 2011 and that's where um actually my friend laura who runs the um uh, is it just an amazing ableton trainer and performer she had been doing something with Kanye West and asked me to like kind of mm -hmm. film it and stuff. I ended up giving like as much footage as I could, but it wasn't like 
we were so whacked out at that 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 party for three days my mom's long lost friend's son was in a band from uk called left field who were playing and they were amazing oh, cool. yeah. and they were playing with a band called the presets who had gotten into some of their stuff and we were like wow that was pretty incredible so it was nice to connect with those guys and they'd given us free coachella tickets nice like nice. out of nowhere yeah but after coachella I started going to more festivals and then burning man and once you start going to the the burning man kind of events and the edm starts happening you realize like it's a whole different world of like getting into the ableton world because my friend Laura was a trainer. I kind of mm-hmm. was going to those master classes and learning stuff. Mm-hmm. And I realized that the power of that was like instead of our iPad or iPod that my drummer was using on stage, where mm-hmm. left would go to the click and the right yeah. would be the samples. Yeah. Now we're able to control every instrument as we need to. And it it's like we picked the right DAW, I think, to go with Ableton. It's yeah, for be- using live. I mean, that's that's pretty much what a lot of people use. But so it's where cool. I was going with that little long-winded trek into Burning Man was that. I'm doing rock and EDM kind of together now. Mm-hmm. Like, and um, I'm curious if you've gotten into any electronic music. Cause I know that you're a rock guy and you know it, but you don't like, I don't see you going to EDC. So you're not going to know yeah. who Jaws is or who like Slushy and all these weirdos are from Los yeah. Angeles. You're like, well, what's a track? You know, what are these teams? What is, what's that's it. I mean, I, I get her. Like, do you know any of these names? I no. don't know any of the names. I mean, I do appreciate the music. And the sounds and the craft that goes into like you know it. bass nectar, no. Okay, so you don't know any of that stuff. Okay, no, no. But you know, I mean, it's. I do know, you know, listening to a lot of of music I hear, it's like the one thing I should do is invent a snare drum that sounds like a hand clap. Well, you just did. <laughs> well, I mean, I can do it with the triggers and stuff like that. But you know what I'm saying? Is no, like, I'm not a drummer. I would never, ever, ever, ever because ever. because I think. What about I, a snapping I, finger? Well, that's it. You know, side stick you can do, snapping finger, you know, you can, you probably want to use a trigger for, which is every song I seem to hear um, is like a hand clap for the snare drum, which is cool. Like I dig it. I think it's amazing. But, but it's just, I was like, oh man, someone needs to make a snare drum that just sounds like a hand clap <laughs> without triggering it. Just, come up with something that that has that sound what if it actually has like two mannequin hands that are like <laughs> when it hits it you're like boom. yeah like, a, like you've seen the ones you hit freaking. the foot pedal like the yeah. one-man band kind yeah. of thing yeah but i see what you're saying you want to just but why wouldn't you just trigger it well and that's the thing you can't trigger it and you can do anything I but can you can't trigger it without power saying. right true. so you can't yes. make a clap without actually yes. having someone you want to know how to make a clap without power but couldn't someone just Oh, so if you're playing a drum kit and all your limbs are taken I'm kidding. care of, but anyway, I mean, that's just all, all the time. I think but I'm like, do you remember what you said to me about every song has, it has on it? Every hit song has it back when, like, Oh, uh, triangle. Yeah. Okay. So do you, do you, do you, remember you, that? you still say that? I, yeah, I haven't really thought about it, but I mean, it's always the stuff way in the background you hear. And, you know, I don't know if it's every hit song. I think what you're getting but, at is that the overly but, or the very highly produced songs have the time to put yeah, shit like that the, in there. Know, like the shape of the <laughs> background and, and triangles and things like that. Um, I mean, and that's, I, I was going to say this is I think music has kind of been ruined for me over the years because whenever I listen to something, I'm just like, in my mind, it's, it's the drums with the music don't ask me what any lyric is. I have no clue. I'll never remember it. 
And that's, I think now with, with Apple music, if you're listening to something on your phone, the lyrics will come up. So now if I read lyrics along with listening to the songs, I hear them completely differently. Oh, you know what she did it for me? Um, as you know, I was learning how to be a, a musician in the night when we were getting our thorough line going on. I was all about my guitar as it, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. but I didn't even listen to bass. Yeah. And I mean, that's the big thing about, I mean, playing drums is I'm always listening and attentive to what's going on you and dynamics and, and things like that. You're the quarterback. But, you know, I kind of know, I know the melodies and I know the lyrical melody. I just, I actually don't really know any of the words. Like if you asked me to write the lyrics for some song, I would like back in black or something. I'd never be able to do it. Well, one of these days we'll get you a teleprompter and make you sing something yeah. with it. Well, I'm, I'm never going to It'd be funny it. to see you do karaoke. Though. <laughs> no, it's never going to happen. Never going to happen. I can guarantee that. Well, so you, you you never learn to sing, but you don't ever want to learn to sing. No, I, I wish I... Take a vocal lesson. With Vicky no, I just don't have the tone. I, I Some people can sing, some people can't. I am the one. I am Well, the, one if, if tone is the issue, it could be like... Your voice sounds the way your head is made. Well, that's you know, that's I what I mean, right? What to say. So like, I, you don't know surgery to change your voice. Yeah, you know, like my. <laughs> but I don't think you have like any non-tone. You just probably haven't experienced a good environment for singing. Well, and and what's funny is, yes, okay. So aside from the singing thing, if I'm playing in a band and someone is minutely out of tune vocally or instrument-wise, I know immediately. Like it's because the whole band just sounds sour for that moment. It's but, like, but you know what I mean? It's like, off. It's like, I just know every time, sometimes before other people know, but I cannot sing to save my life. Fair enough. My vocals are, I have in ears, so I can hear everything I'm doing. So yeah. if I'm off, oh, I know. Yeah, see, I don't know. I don't think I want to hear myself sing. <laughs> I, I need to hear it. And I need it to sound like the record when I'm doing it. If I'm doing it and I know it sounds like the album because I can hear it sounding like the album yeah. here, then I know yeah. out front it sounds good. Yeah. But it used to be before I wear earplugs, hope I can hear my guitar right mm -hmm. and just keep it as low as I can because I know it'll sound good up front. But yeah. that was yeah. like yeah. hoping and praying. Now it's all there. Yeah. Yeah. In-ears are definitely amazing. I'm stoked on that. Yeah. Hmm. So video games, did you do any video games? No, I do not. So what about in the old days? Were you an a arcade guy? Was there a pinball? Was there anything? Well, I mean, you know, like in my lifetime of being around, I mean, I've had Xboxes and, okay. and stuff like that. But yeah, I'd, I'd go through phases where I'd play for a bit and then never do it again. No, I just, some of my friends and I have been connecting online and playing yeah, games again. Yeah. And it's kind of fun to like, like I never had a PS4 until this year. Oh, wow. So yeah, I'm playing yeah. Grand Theft Auto with some friends yeah, of mine. And it's yeah. like, oh, this is awesome. You can connect with your relatives and stuff. But yeah. then like other friends are all only on the Xbox. So now I have one yeah. of those too. And I'm trying to just connect with people. Okay. Yeah, no, never really my thing. Um, I'm kind of a TV, movie, music. Are you a Star Wars guy? Because I saw one Stormtrooper upstairs and that was no, it. I and then I, yeah, everything I else was Kiss. I love all that and... stuff. I love all that stuff. Man. Are you vintage? Yeah, yeah, although I really do appreciate the the CGI work in the newer films. Like right, just, it's, pretty it's just on mind blowing when you see stuff. It's just like, wow. Have you seen The Force Awakens, the first nine minutes with Dark Side of the Moon playing? No, I have not. It's on YouTube. Is it? Give it a look. It's okay. like just crank it up, have it on the screen, yeah. and just be like, here it is. I'll put a link to it for fun. Oh yeah, I've never even it's heard of it. It's super that. fun. 
You know how they did that with uh, Dark Side of the Moon? Yeah, it wasn't. Oh, no, wait. It's Dark Side of the Moon and Force Awakens. Okay, but and at one point. They did it with Wizard of Oz. Yes. That's right. That's what I was thinking. I was. But it works with the first nine minutes of Dark's of of the um, Force Awakens. Oh, wow. It's that scene where Poe Dameron is down in there and they're like the, the really bad evil uh stormtroopers are like killing all the peasants yeah, and stuff yeah. it's like a pretty bad yeah. murderous evil star wars like the beginning of star wars where they killed his yeah. parents kind of stuff pretty dark okay well no i've never heard of that or seen that i should check it out it's a little tangent for I y'all like, I, yeah i know really i like seeing the bloopers and things like that and the best are star wars bloopers from like old old movies like yeah. the empire strikes back yeah. and stuff that was my favorite it's the first one i ever saw yeah empire was great that was so good um yeah no i i dork out and nerd out on on all that stuff and um you know and even over the last year because been at home so much just getting caught up on some new shows re-watching some shows like re-watched uh you re-watched dexter i've never i've only watched a few it's but, coming back oh, you it? need to watch okay, it before it, it comes back check it out again but we, we <laughs> Rewatched all of Breaking Bad. Oh, I love that. I I absolutely love Breaking Better Bad. Better Call Saul. And I'm waiting for that to finish coming out again. Yeah, I absolutely love great. Better Call Saul. I love all that stuff. And then, uh, I mean, I've watched all the Walking Dead and Fear of the Walking Dead. I only watched Walking Dead, yeah. and I'm caught up up to like this year. I yeah. know that they had a new one, but I think I didn't. I don't think I missed it yet. And Rick and Morty. I'm a huge Rick and Morty. Yeah, see, I've just been seeing stuff about that. I know Solar opposites. It. You need yeah. to get into that. Okay. Well, check it out. The wall. <laughs> I will totally check it out. Well, um, is there anything else you want to talk about? I mean, we can. We can no, I mean, just, you know, down. just still playing and, and still play with our friend Stephen Clark. So with the occupational side effects, his his project, our, you know, just it's kind of a collaboration thing. He'll send me stuff. I send him stuff back. And I remember he had a record that was really good. And then I left. I never saw him again. But he was playing bass for us with, with Andrew. And we needed someone in um, just for Thermal Klein when we were still gigging at yeah. New RO and stuff yeah, like that yeah, the last. Yeah. He was awesome. Yeah. Well, it's good to see he's, good he's got stuff. So he still does stuff. He's, I think he was producing a lot. So yeah. And he's got his stuff down. He knows what he's doing. And, this boy must be yeah. he was a baby when i left so it must be 20 now yeah yeah 20, 20 years later yeah and then just you know like doing the stuff working with with the different people i've worked with over the years and working with new people now and then and i mean if i could tell you about all the gigs i could have had that didn't happen and is there yeah. one that just is bugging you still no or no? no not really is it's there just... any any tidbits that are fun though no i don't think so how about when i went down for the limp biscuit audition oh did you do that i do i know this so um, it's funny, I forgot about it, but um, Double J, remember Double J from XFM? Yes. Jeff's cool, uh, JJ. We, we talked to uh, him a little bit online now, and uh, he reminded me of something about, when were you did that? I was like, oh, shit, I did do that. But I wasn't trying out for Limp Biscuit. We were following, I went down, so it was after Jason passed away, and mm-hmm. I was kind of like in this land of, what the fuck am I going to do now, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I went down to follow up with flawless records on what jason had sent them because they responded to him about thermocline okay and we sent them the new vacant lot you know we had steve gardner singing on it and um i don't know what he was saying to them after he died i didn't know what to do so i was just like i'm gonna go down and i I walked into the room 
And I, I was under the understanding that they might be trying to steal riffs from people across the country. And there's all this <laughs> other shit going on where like they were supposed to let you jam with the band if they like you. But this is at like a guitar center somewhere down in Buffalo. Okay. All these people lined up with their guitars, like tons of guitar players there. And oh, it was wow. like just this big stunt of bullshit. And the yeah. Flawless Records brings up their big tour bus. So I'm like, okay, this is, this is kind of like, I felt like Canadian Idol edition or American Idol, like something just super lame, like that way. Like everybody's here. There's no chance this is going to be worth it. But I said, screw it. So I played, I went in and the distortion was on. The Macy Buki was there. I had my guitar in my hand. I plugged it in. I turned off the distortion. I looked at all the guys and said, I got to talk to you for a second. And I took this pamphlet out of my hand and I handed them all the shit followed up with from Jason. Like it was like the CD and the letter from them and stuff oh, yeah, like, hey, yeah. following up with you, we had some shit go down. I kind of explained to them. I said, I just wanted to, to, to let you know that. And I said, here's my song. And I played um, Frequency, the delay mm -hmm. part, the quiet part, and then into the heavy part. And then I uh, hit the sort this pedal. I just played frequency, and then I left because I wanted to see if they'd steal frequency from us. Because they're supposed to, you're supposed to go in and play something that was never recorded or copyrighted. Hmm. And that was the extent of my little trip. I, I never I heard don't from think them. I knew any of this. They interviewed me about it on XFM, and I have that okay. on tape somewhere. So I'll probably post that on my website okay. at some point. Nice. Um, maybe I'll put it on Chronos.tv in the comments or somewhere. But yeah. The podcast is new. It's fun. You should try it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that was that was definitely I got a pick from that Limp Biscuit thing. That's all I have to show for that little plastic guitar world pick from Limp Biscuit bullshit. Well, at least, at least you have something to show for it. Oh, <laughs> oh man, don't I ever just miss Dimebag Daryl sometimes? <laughs> yeah. There's Pantera when you need them. Oh Thank man, I, and Vinny Paul's gone now. I'm yeah. sad about that. Yeah. I actually got to meet him at a meet and greet. Got a nice picture of them, and oh, then nice. it was like surreal because i was like so sad about Dimebag for so long but then to lose fucking vinny too man so i saw a slayer my last show before the pandemic on okay. my birthday november 30th oh yeah it was in how was that it was the first band was pantera's phil and, and the illegals okay yeah next band was ministry oh yeah next band was primus oh wow and the next band slayer slayer's final show huh i got there during primus why oh. as Jay Rustin even told me that you're going to be late for sure. Like back when I first uh, went to LA in 2007 yeah. to go to the forum, I, I went to, we went to see Incubus and somebody or something like that. And I remember like, there was like, if you don't go at like five, you'll never get there for the opening acts. Cause they started at like six. Oh, okay. It totally yes. screws you up. Right. And I just, I, I was like, I went to the Slayer show and I was like, are you kidding me? Like I missed the illegals. So I just watched it on YouTube after and it, it's not the same. No, it's not the same. I thought it would be, awesome i was so excited to see phil but and i missed ministry too and kind of bummed but i saw them in their heyday at, at Lollapalooza. yeah i think i probably did too so back when you played Lollapalooza? yeah which one year of the later one like 97 97 mm -hmm. uh who was on the bill oh man i'm trying to remember so we did and this was with artificial joy club i mean we did the first three weeks of i think there was a five-week tour because we had other commitments after that but um i'm trying to, you're putting me on the spot well, that's all right I know, I, I know that was like tool well yeah so it was the marley brothers um but i didn't go that year corn tool i didn't go prodigy that. devo the eels corn must have been dope yeah i was a snoop dog awesome yeah, i'm trying yeah i i watched corn quite a bit watched tool quite a bit Watch Snoop Dogg. We saw Tool on second stage in Lollapalooza '92. 
I think I did too. Is that that as well. Were you that one with, with uh, that Pearl Jam? Barry? Yeah. Yeah, I drove. I it was went with, up with some friends for that. So one. Soundgarden, Pearl Jam, yes. Lush, Jesus and Mary Chain, Red Hot Chili Peppers, yes. and Tool was on the second stage. Yes. Unbelievable. We were so close that we couldn't see the drummer. Oh, wow. Because it was such a yeah, high stage yeah. in Barry. Yeah. But that was that's 45 minutes where I grew up. That's cool. Yeah, yeah that's right. Eh? I've always wanted to play that stage. And yeah. then it's we played Fresh Fest with Thermocline. That was the closest thing I did to that. I went to the first Lollapalooza tour. With Perry I, Farrell. I don't even remember what year it was. But yeah, the year one, before. Jane's Addiction. That was 91. Was it? And that was it. I went to Toronto to see that at uh, CME. Yeah, I heard about that. That would have been awesome. That was Perry Farrell and Jane's Addiction. Yeah. And like Chili Peppers might have been added too. And, uh, no, it was like Nine Inch Nails. Okay. And uh, I didn't go. Susie and the Banshees, Living Color. Damn. Ah, I can't remember now. <laughs> so um, I remember I, like once in a while I would go away from Ottawa back to my hometown, North of Barrie, North mm-hmm. of, you know, up, up that way. And um, the thermocline guys would do shit without telling me or stuff without, you know, consulting me because I wasn't there and they just figured, well, whatever, you know, we don't need to ask for his permission. He's just a guitar player, right? So there was that, uh, well, there was one time that really pissed me off. I'm just going to just vent it. <laughs> I because don't remember any of this. It was the recording of Sonic Blonde, the chorus. It goes, and then they came up with that. I wish you steal my soul. That part. I, yeah, I don't remember. fucking practiced for four hours in my car on the way home, writing a chorus for it. Yeah. And I drove back to Ottawa with all this stuff I'd done. And they already recorded it without me. And they said it was done. And that was it. And I was so mad and I hated it and i was like i don't remember so but 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 it's okay you know they just made a decision we didn't have time and jay was like i think jay made a time-based decision like we mm. gotta get this down and, and get I, out. you know what i might have not been because i remember i did my drum tracks you know listen to vocals anyway and then, yeah <laughs> I, I did my drum tracks and then i was gone till everything else was kind of done were you with tammy somewhere flying out east or something no, I don't think so. I don't know who I was gigging. You were playing with Tammy Ribble and flying out east a lot around those times. Yeah, it's possible, yeah. And we didn't want to mess that up because you had like, you know, they had some stuff going on. Yeah. But um, yeah, the other thing that 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 really bothered me, that was the one thing. But the other thing was the press release about Lollapalooza. So I never went to Lollapalooza in 97. <laughs> but there's a press release that I have the the article. I think it was Ian Nathanson from The Sun or something like that. I have that, I have it and I will, yeah. And it says that I met you, we met you mm-hmm. at Lollapalooza mm-hmm. because an errant boot was thrown on stage. Some Doc Martin landed on your drum kit, apparently, and you threw it in the crowd and it knocked me in the back of the skull and knocked me out. <laughs> and they had to pull me <laughs> under, came the, up with this? under the t- under the emergency medical tent. Yeah. And that's where we met after. And that's how we met you. Yeah. That was their idea of how to make it like a good story of how we met i'm like why is it me and why am i being knocked out like fuck you like <laughs> uh, those guys man that's hilarious i, it's, I think it's, it's funny. fucking hilarious i'm not mad i think it's funny as shit but that's the kind of shit that like i was like really like what kind of yeah it was like just destined to fail in a way. Like, you know totally cheesy but so funny humorous you know? fucking bastards <laughs> but like we learned after that though that you don't when you have a band situation, you don't really want to knock your own band members like Nolan, Liam Gallagher. <laughs> no, I mean, that's, that's the last thing you want to do. You know, we all do this because we like it. And, you know, there's easier things you could be doing. 
I'm not doing this yet. I've been on the outskirts of the music industry for the last 20 years. I'm ready to but take it by storm. you're still doing stuff. Oh, we're doing it now. You know, everyone does stuff. Everyone does their own stuff. You know, you can do stuff and no one's going to know about it. You're still doing stuff. I got a buddy, my buddy Marlon, shout out. He's killing it. And nobody knows. Yeah. Just I mean, say that. you know, and, and guys like you, I mean, there's, there's guys like you or me. I mean, there's guys like us in every part city town and everybody this is what i learned from los angeles like everybody's done something right exactly and if you go to la they've all done something that's more interesting it's all name dropping and i find myself i have to do that in some stupid way to make it sound like you know what you're doing it's like fuck yeah at this point i'm like this is who i work with and this is why you know like if they need to but like i don't really at this point let the music speak yeah but i mean and that's the thing is no one no one has any idea what you've done in the past and you know you want to find like i for me if you want to find out just look me up but it's still not going to tell you everything i've done but right and like people don't care either what i think is exactly so what i've learned too is like when we used to be in the scene like if you were to cover a song like remember we used to cut from blue monday to another song but but that was kind of a no-no like if you're going to cover a song you do the whole song kind of thing right well i felt that a lot (laughs) like that you can't just play the parts that are easy that everyone knows and then cut out the hard parts so no one cares like Mm. but now with the attention span and the dj sort of world i love the mashup thing like i have i have a new thing i'm working on which i'll let the little cat out of the bag i'm trying to do a mashup of three canadian songs two canadian songs and one american song okay where like they 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 all cross at different points during the same song like i might be doing the the riff of one song mm-hmm. and like and then the other song is playing the in between them okay so like they're happening like a physics in like you know the physics things that you talk about where they happen at the same time i can't remember the name of it now but like entanglement kind of theory okay. <laughs> so that's oh, a new wow. thing I'm working on not that's just cool. two songs mashed up but three so mm-hmm. then you might be able to do something like that with drums you know where you take like a pink floyd drum rep and this is what i was kind of getting at earlier when you're talking about your favorite like yacht party music and what you like to listen to and you get and make playlists on your own sort of thing like i feel like i have the ability to hear a song like Martin Garrix's Forever, which they played at the end of the Olympics. He's a DJ. Okay. And I was able to hear like Metallica's To Live Is To Die, I felt had the same chords in it. Okay. So I yeah. put them together. Yeah. And that's how I got Forever Is To Die. Oh, nice. My fancy sort of cover single. So I don't know um, how to explain it other than like, you know, it's just knowing those chords work, you know, like together you can come up with really cool stuff. And I can hear that. I find I can hear stuff that other people don't hear. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, wow, that's actually cheap trick. You know, that's all that is. It's just a cheap trick song that everyone knows, but they're doing it over in this key. And it's like, they didn't realize they stole it. Like when Sam Smith did the Tom Petty rip off without realizing it. Yeah, Sam Smith yeah. did stay with me, but it's like, I won't back down. Like Tom Petty's <laughs> won't back down. They, like apparently they gave oh. Tom Petty writing on that. Oh, wow. wow. So like, there's a lot of stuff like that. Like how's that get by the producers, right? But um, I don't know. So just, it's interesting to see like, we're getting influence from now. Like I'm still writing songs from tapes that I find in my house from when I was 15 that I recorded the part on. Oh, wow. Cool. Like I have a song called um, Flying High Above. It was mm-hmm. called High Above. Then I kind of gave it the, like the Randy Rhodes Flying High Above. <laughs> That's a tribute name. And initially I have a tape from 20 years ago. I have another song called Scream. 25 years ago, my friend Dale sang on it. I gave him the lyrics. He just sang it. We recorded it with my buddy Gab and I don't, I don't even know who played bass. I have a recording of it. 
and I'm like, holy crap, I just came out of my album now. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, if no one's ever heard it and you can still use it. I didn't know I had that recording until I heard it after we finished recording it. That's I was amazing. like, yeah, it blew my mind. Wow, that's good. And I have like the riffs and stuff, like a, like Ribbon Lifter, songs like that. Mm-hmm. I have the riffs of those all on those tapes. Okay. Like Ribbon Lifter is a thermocline. So track. those were just ideas that you had over time yeah. that you just brought well and yeah. not not like all of that one, but just the yeah. more like the like all that was kind of done but the intro stuff i think i came up with like more recently wicked cool but uh so hey um i look forward to seeing you play live now that you're allowed to again yeah I'm um looking forward to it. it'd be cool to jam some time maybe we'll jam somewhere who knows what's gonna happen but um, I definitely uh, appreciate you taking the time to invite me over to your home studio. First time in real life. No hey, really great to see real you. Life. <laughs> First time yeah. in real life since the pandemic to be with a friend. All these things are on Zoom. Yeah. So uh, this is a, an episode six of the Musicians Insider. And I uh, look forward to seeing you guys back for more. Thanks a lot, Andrew LaMarche. Thank you. All right. Talk to you soon. See ya.